the forecasts are not close enough in range to give us an idea whether or not you will have a white Christmas and what weather will be across the country coming up in the next few days. In the second part of the show, we will discuss some of the most popular items you can get if you haven't shopped yet. Psst, by the way, it's a bit late for that. So, let's go ahead and dive into this episode and see who will be getting a white Christmas. Christmas. You guys looking forward to it? I know I am. Uh, families, parades, parties, you know, all the lights, trees, and extravagant neighborhoods. Uh, people decorate their houses. They've been doing it for a really long time, and now they have competitions, and these people are going all out. It's crazy to believe that we are already here. It seemed like yesterday that Thanksgiving was ending. Now this year is quite an interesting year because it is actually a week shorter than the distance between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas of the previous year. So now that it's actually shorter, people started planning out ahead of time. So a lot of people have already had all their lights up. So if you haven't gone to see any local lights, I highly suggest you do one night. It plan it's a nice uh, night to go around, drive, you even might hear some Christmas carolers. And it's crazy. And it's a lot of fun, though. I mean, it's the Christmas season. So uh, this time last year felt as if it were years ago and yesterday at the exact same time. Uh, in one way, I can remember exactly what I did, the crazy snowstorms we had and a lot of other uh, weird events going on at the time. Road closures, plane cancellations and delays. It was just crazy last year. But... There's a lot of stuff that's happened between now and then, so we're going to have to get kind of get back around to that idea of what a percentage of a white Christmas looks like, and in most cities, we're looking at a 40% chance each year. So, sadly, that this year, with our extremes, we're looking at some new uh, data that has, uh, came in and the models are now showing. Uh, we're going to get into that in a minute over what they all show. It's good for some people, bad for others, and kind of I don't know in between. So, looking at multiple models uh, gives us a broad example of what it could be, uh, but at the exact same time, our expectations might be, you know kind of topped out. I mean, you might have some stuff that actually is crazy. You might have a white Christmas that wasn't even, uh, like, available to, or the models even, the stuff that we can't even tell. So it's crazy. This, uh, this past week we have had a ton of weather activity from, uh, let's just see, uh, Monday, the tornado outbreak in the southeast, to uh, Wednesday we have snow, squ uh, snow squalls and a lot of other craziness. So we have had the extremes. We've had severe storms. We've had extreme winter storms. And this is all uh, tracked to two different lows. One of them was named Winter Storm Finley. And then the other one is a low that is pushing a cold front through, which is bringing Arctic, uh, that Arctic cold down. And that's where we are almost reaching record range. Many places uh, this week are getting down into areas where the temperature... It's maybe like 18 or 19 degrees, but we're staying within 2 to 3 degrees, so it's not getting warmer. And um, mostly due to cloud uh, cloud cover and a lot of, uh, you know, a lack of sun is really allowing this uh, cold to be kind of socked in and just kept in the same area. There isn't really any warm-up going on. So 
let's go ahead and look into some of the reports. So recently, the uh, NWS uh, posted their predictions for what the weather will look like. The 25th is also close, close enough in range that most forecasts will do it. It is uh, mostly that seven-day forecast that gets you right in there. Um, and, I mean, some of them, that some apps and some sources only do like a three-day. So, I mean, the closer we get to it, I'm going to say by Monday, everyone should be able to see exactly what it's going to be with quite some accuracy uh, because, I mean, when you have forecasts that close, it's definitely going to be able to um, predict that uh, mostly accurately. So first, we have to see what the Old Farmer's Almanac uh, states. And, you know, this is the old thing that they started, I believe it was 1870. And what this is, it is a collection of data from over, I believe it was 100 years. And so the century, they looked at trends and then they compared it. And here we are, you know, almost 200 years later. And we are still using this because it is so accurate because who better to see and put down what the weather is like than farmers. So much of farmers' jobs, if you listen to our uh, two podcasts, one at the beginning of the harvest or uh, one at the beginning of the planting season, and then one at the end of the harvest season, uh, you know, so many farmers are relying on weather reports. So the Farmer's Almanac was created in 1870 by farmers and for farmers and normal people. And what the awesome thing about this is, it's actually quite accurate. Um, there is a lot of times throughout the year where you can predict a week saying, yes, there is going to be a severe storm based on these uh, almanacs. And it's all based on data from the past. And yes, now there is current uh, modern data that is applied to it. And now that we have all these big... Uh, satellites you know and everything scanning constantly and predictions we have more equations now you can really get some of that sounding data you know where you can see some of the cape and uh, some convection levels and a lot of that uh, with millibars you can really you know when you combine all that with our current pressures and looking at pressure systems of the past when you when you put all that into one ensemble you're going to be able to see so much overall that will let you be as accurate as possible. And a cool fact is, you know, many uh, forecasts now, some of the like the ones that are a whole bunch of letters and numbers that don't really have a true name or nickname for them uh, are based off of this. So that's kind of cool. You know, going back, people wanted to change it up a little bit. So uh, according to the Old Farmer's Almanac, uh, they say, uh, they say uh, according to our famous long-range predictions, Snow is indeed in store for Christmas week in a good part of the U.S., but looming rain threatens to make it make it a wash elsewhere. In the Northeast, it's been messy, miserable weather with a mix of rain and snow. However, good news ahead. It should be a snowy, picturesque Christmas day. So looking at that, you know, we're seeing some snow in the Northeast. So we're seeing that New England uh, snowstorm. It's not going to be a nor'easter or anything, but we will have some snow. If you love snow, there is also good news for the lower lakes and upper Midwest, Heartland, High Plains, Inner Mountain, and Alaska. We expect the white stuff to blanket the ground on Christmas Day. Fresh flakes may fall into the days before Christmas or even on the holiday itself. Look for the Almanac's predicted parade of snowstorms to march across the northern tier of the country, from the central Washington into the upper Midwest. In the Atlantic Corridor, Appalachians, and Ohio Valley, snow is likely to mix with rain, making for a holiday that's more wet than white. A dusting of snow is also predicted for the northern half of the Deep South, uh, with rain showers appearing in the southern half of that region. 
elsewhere in the country, including Florida, the Southeast, Texas, Oklahoma, as well as the Pacific Coast and the Pacific Southwest, we are predicting that the at Christmas will be shrouded with brief periods of rain and cool weather overall. In the desert southwest in Hawaii, sunny and clear skies are on the menu for Christmas Day. Surprise, surprise. So that's from thealmanac.com, and I will have a link for that for you all in the description uh, with some more information on that. You can go research some of that. There's a lot of cool stuff on that website. But let's take a quick analysis of what this all says and recap it. So according to the Farmer's Almanac, northeast is going to be snowy. A lot of the Midwest area so we're looking at the middle of the country we're looking at some uh some you know snow not too much but uh we're gonna see multiple rounds uh in the weeks uh, in the weeks ahead that will lead up to the week of christmas we will see some snowstorms apparently so looking at the uh, ohio valley area uh snow is very likely to mix with rain it will be a uh, wintry mix and maybe some ice in there and then in the deep south we'll have rain and in the whole rest of the country we're going to see some rain and then cooler weather overall. And then, you know, the desert southwest and Hawaii, normal, you know, kind of dry. So let's look at some of the uh, actual, you know, charts and graphs and things that are now coming out and some new soundings from uh, PivotalWeather.com. And this is where they, the Pivotal Weather is a wonderful resource. They are not a sponsor. But a, uh, I love to use Pivotal Weather. Uh, it's you know you can get through all the models and everything that the National Weather Service posts. It's all on their website. It's all free, and you can support them on Patreon. They are a wonderful uh, website. They have new Euro models and a few other sounding models that are now new with their current update. So it is uh, looking great uh, to see you know so many different forecasts ahead of time using this website. So let's look at the uh, temperatures actually here. Uh, looking across most of the country for Christmas Day, this is on the uh, 2M AGL temperature in Fahrenheit. As of, uh, it's going to be going to be valid uh, at Wednesday, uh, 1225, uh, 2019 at uh, 12Z. So we're looking at about noon. And looking at this, I got this uh, as of uh, the 17th. So this was a Tuesday. Uh, According to this, and this is still true, and the numbers are a degree or two off in some places, but generally overall it's staying the same. Looking at everything to the, I'm going to say, northeast of what West Virginia is in the low 20s. So, we're, so definitely snowy weather capability there. So the entire Northeast, including parts of the Ohio Valley, Pennsylvania, Maryland, everything there, uh, you're looking at some snow possibility for the temperatures looking at the western part of the country everything north of albuquerque whatever latitude albuquerque is on is going to be in the low 20s and maybe some high th uh, maybe some high 30s in like oregon we see one uh washington there's one and then parts of california obviously we're looking into the 40s, but uh, the Rockies and everything north of there, so the Great Plains and everything north of uh, Kansas is going to be in the 20s. Now, looking in the kind of Midwest area, uh, we're looking in the 50s, and in Oklahoma, we're seeing at 48, Texas, uh, about 50 is the average, and then in the southeast, we are looking in the 60s, and then in Florida, about 65, 67. 
So definitely cooler in Florida, but they are facing 30s currently um, as of today, which is Wednesday the 18th. And it's kind of crazy to think, you know, that's that cold down there. They're freezing, but <laughs> you know, they all they all uh, can handle it, I think. But let's get back to the whole topic of Christmas Day. So I mean, not a lot to be excited about if you live, uh, you know, in the kind of interior part of the U.S. It looks like, according to this, there is going to be a cold front that is going to span from uh, Green Bay all the way to Denver, and that kind of cuts it from anything to the northwest of that uh, cold front is going to be uh, freezing cold. Anything to the southeast of it is going to be hotter, and then there's going to be a, from what I could tell, there is a uh, kind of a ridge that sets up that brings some of that Arctic air down into the uh, northeast and parts of uh, eastern Ohio. So definitely capable of being uh, proven by the almanac that, you know, this could be true. We're looking at stuff that is possible here. Now, granted, there is the, you know, deep uh, parts of the deep south. There's not going to be snow there. It's too uh, warm for that. But looking at the rest of it, it's quite accurate. So there's only a few places of the country that this is kind of off. So looking at precipitation-wise... Uh, this is the precip uh, precipitation type. Uh, it's right in hours MSLP, which is valid on noon on the Christmas day. And this chart was uh, generated at uh, on 1217. So that once again, that was Tuesday. And looking at all this, so the midday, we are seeing quite interesting uh, some mixed weather along the western coast, the entire west coast. So uh, northern California, uh, the entire state of Oregon and up through Washington into British Columbia, we are seeing some uh, mostly rain, but there is some scattered snow on the eastern portion of it, and there's a it's, that's all associated with a low that is predicted to be a 90, uh, 996 uh, millibar. So you know you got you got those tightly packed isobars. We're gonna have high winds all day. There's a high set up over the Rockies, and that's bringing some snow. So everything that's associated with the high is being kind of squeezed together over the Rockies because to the east, out over Kansas, we have a, a low, and then we have the high, and then a low. So it's being squeezed. So it's definitely a high wind day on Christmas for anyone living in the Rockies. So northern areas of uh, Montana, uh, the Dakotas, and maybe parts of, we might be getting down into Nebraska a little bit, and there's going to be a little bit between Nebraska and Iowa, we are going to see some snow or some mixed ice. So, I mean, it's pretty accurate looking at the stuff. The temperatures match it, so at noon, um, you know, you might expect some snow. And looking into Michigan, we just have rain. And looking in the northeast, uh, it's going to be a much later in the day. So we're going to see maybe some nighttime stuff. So, I mean, it's not going to be a, you're not going to wake up to it snowing, basically is what this all says, um, if you live in most of the country. Some a little rain in the south, you know, obviously Florida, some rain. So, um, you know, the Farmer's Almanac, it's accurate um, in some cases, but not many on the precipitation wise. So the possibility is there for it to be right. There's just a, not enough in that area of the atmosphere to uh, go by it. So looking at it, I mean, most of that snow by noon is getting into parts of New York, but it's mostly in Canada. So Maine will see it, Vermont, New Hampshire, you know, everything in there. I bet they'll uh, probably get some snow. I'm guessing since looking at this chart uh, and the sounding that it's at uh, 12, uh, you know, 
uh, so noon. I'm guessing by like 4 or 5 p.m. it'll probably start snowing there. It's not any heavy snow or anything, but we'll see some light dustings. And to, you know, even though there's not a ton there, you might actually have a white Christmas. So the definition of a white Christmas is an inch or more of snow, or it has to be snowing sometime on the day of the 25th. So from uh, midnight on, so midnight, you know, you start out till 11:59 uh, p.m. You must get, um, it must either snow or you must already have an inch of snow. So looking at what's already on the ground, the Weather Channel's been talking about it recently. Actually, most of the country might be able to uh, have a white Christmas. And looking at most of uh, the snowstorms that are going through, the Farmer's Almanac kind of predicted it right away. We're getting all these snow events with this Arctic blast coming south that are pumping through, and they're all associated with lows and highs that are pulling through. So it's definitely accurate on the fact that there's going to be some storms uh, coming through, just it's not as close to Christmas as believed. One thing they did nail, though, is the fact that um, you probably will not have some snow on the day of looking at this uh, map is definitely not going to be snowing for uh, in the deep south um, and even in most of the Ohio Valley but you might see a little bit you might see a little bit the temperatures are there and the moistures in the atmosphere that in some small uh, towns and places out in the middle of nowhere you might get some snow not enough to really call it a white Christmas if you don't have any but Looking at the ground uh, ground cover of snow, we are seeing definitely inches in places. There are still some places that have uh, quite a few inches on the ground. I know looking out right now, it's uh, outside my window. It is just snow on the ground. We probably have an inch or two. And so that's something, you know, we might end up with a white Christmas still, which is wonderful. So, I mean, hopefully you live in a place that you do uh, have some snow so you can wake up with a white Christmas. It's always fun to see that. I remember whenever I was uh, younger, you used to, you know, wake up and you see it snowing outside. It was what I imagined a Christmas day of. Um, but now in our constantly warming climate, you hardly see that anymore. Or if you do, it is like feet of snow and it's a disaster. So it's nice to be able to see a, uh, you know, a happy medium between, you know, crazy storms or n nothing at all. So, you know, we'll see closer to the day. But, I mean, overall, sadly, most of you won't have snow, but some residual. Um, but it, it, will, it will not snow within a day or two of Christmas. It'll be a few days before. We're looking at over this weekend. Um, and, I mean, there's mostly lake effect. We still You still have that lake effect, but... You know, that can only help so many people. So looking at something crazy, I just noticed in Northern California, there is there is definitely that snow there. Zooming in on it, there is some heavy snow for Northern California, and that's right along the coast there. I don't know elevation-wise what all is there, but the ISO bars are tightly packed, and there is some heavy snow that's going to be happening there in the morning. So just be, uh, be aware of that. Uh, right around the lunch hour, you will be getting the heaviest of that. So, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, looking back earlier this week, the tornado outbreak was crazy. I was lucky enough to be uh, catching a few live streams while I was, uh, you know, just kind of sitting around on Monday. And I uh, was watching Brenna Dar and uh, Brendan Clement. And you've seen many of their things before if you've watched the Weather Channel, Weather Nation, you know, all those. If you um, are on Weather Twitter, 
there are many of their videos of tornadoes with drones and things and uh, up close and just flooding and all, every type of weather. Um, you've probably seen their stuff before. And I, so I was watching them because they usually get some of that good footage. So I'd like to see it live. So uh, they were chasing a few storms with such pronounced hooks. I took some screenshots. These things were so pronounced on my phone. And my radar was like going crazy with these. Um, the, the, the hooks were so pronounced that it was guaranteed tornado. You can, and, and many of the uh, correlation coefficients on the weather channel that they had live, you can see the hole, it's like a pinhole, a donut hole. Uh, that was on the radar, and that like, almost guarantees that there is a tornado right there. Especially if you can see that rotation in there. If there is a hook with that in there, oh, that would be such a bad situation. But that's how they used to predict tornadoes. And that's how, or not predict, but, you know, look at a radar and be like, yes, that's a tornado. They would look, and they would see the precipitation have a hole, like a donut hole in the middle of it. And if there was rotation, rotation associated with that, then they could um, say, yes, this is a tornado. But now, with some of our uh, more modern data, we can now see that that actually might have been wrong. Because not in not every circumstance are you getting a ground-reaching tornado with that. In many circumstances, it could be a rotating supercell that doesn't put down a tornado. So, uh, I was watching the, these guaranteed tornadoes and everything. They were predicting them the day before. So, while I was watching, they definitely got quite a few of them. I watched over a course of, like, I believe six hours. And they got so many different tornadoes. I mean, even other storm chasers, I forget um, who I was watching right now. But they had so many different tornadoes. Most of them were rural, and uh, they sure did make a mess. Some hit small towns. Uh, Alexandria had an EF4 go through it. And that is crazy. And uh, currently, as of the recording of this show, uh, there were uh, 26 confirmed tornadoes. They're looking at the 27th reported one because that might have not been ground-reaching. Um, and they were actually looking at a few other ones. So by the end of this week, by the time this episode comes out, that number might go from uh, 26 all the way up to maybe 30. So some of these towns had uh, caused many uh, buildings to be knocked over. We saw a video of gas station images of houses being knocked over and wherever they were at. It was just crazy. And looking at everything, I mean, you knew it was going to be a bad situation. Weeks ahead, people started looking at some of these uh, a week or two um, of, from the state saying there's going to be something here. All of the alarms are going off. At, there is going to be a severe storm here. It's just how big will it be? So coming up to the time, we we're looking about a week out from it, week before, probably about the Wednesday before. I'm looking at the National Weather Service, I'm looking at all the predictions and things, models, and everybody has it targeted on Louisiana. And now most, while most of the stuff was in Mississippi, you have to know, you know, Louisiana kind of like is that bottom corner, kind of like the step I like to call it in Mississippi. Um, and so it's all across that line there. So, I mean, that was... Uh, maybe 50 to 100 miles northeast. While that is a big distance on the, you know, looking at the whole country, that's not, I mean, for the whole warning area, that's not that big. And now that we have, uh, now that the event is gone, looking back at it in the storm reports, it matches right up with the uh, convective outlook from the National Weather Service for that marginal threat um, to even that elevated threat uh, right in there is where most of the tornadoes were. So that was crazy. Storm chasers set up, and that's how so many of them were successful in gaining some footage is because, I mean, there's such a big area and you had so many tornadoes that 
that you had a supercell go uh, 40 to 80 to even 100 miles that was just training tornadoes the entire way, and it was crazy. And, I mean, people staged, uh, whenever they first saw that, they're like, okay, let's get there ahead of time so we can move around. And so that's why we see such good video from that time is, I mean, a lot of these storm chasers aren't really chasing anything else. While they could be chasing Finley, most of them like this severe weather, and so that's why uh, they, you know, went down there and everything. But there are some dangers with chasing in Dixie Alley. The uh, unknown danger about all this is... Looking at the whole terrain and topography down there, it's all hills, trees, and everything. That's what makes Dixie Alley so dangerous, is the fact that you can't see a tornado coming. I mean, as a storm chaser, you're looking for a storm, but when you're down there, it's all turns, windy roads and stuff. Even if you're looking for it, you can't see it. So car crashes are very common among storm chasers, uh, and then a lot of times you'll get stuck in a situation all of a sudden, you're you're going up a hill, there's trees on the side, you saw the tornado a minute ago, it was a mile off, you come up the hill, it's right there. You have no time to see where it's at. So, it's so dangerous chasing down there, so it's lucky that none of these storm chasers um, got hurt during this. Uh, looking at video from the highways and things, there were cars that didn't see it coming, the tornadoes went across the highway and cars were slamming on their brakes, uh, storm chasers and everything were staged on the highway when this tornado was coming across, uh, there's even a video of some of them, they're all out of their car and all of a sudden they realize this thing's coming right at us, so they had to back up, well there's people coming from both directions and it's just crazy, but there are lessons that can be learned from this that not to chase there, but uh, it's a interesting chase once in a while to, I think, go down there. Uh, I would love to be down there someday uh, chasing, but uh, it's so dangerous, but it's that it's that such a unique type of uh, storm system down there that when in Dixie Alley, you look at the tornado season, and most of the time, it, it, the peak of it is that late fall and occasionally early winter, and I mean, that's where we are right now. So these tornado outbreaks, they aren't that common, but if they are going to happen, they're going to happen there, and, it, and especially this one, it was going to be big. When you have instability like that down there, it's going to be a big, big, big storm. So after the short break, we are going to uh, be looking at some of this year's top Christmas presents in each category so you can get some of those last-second faves. Yeah, there's some really good ones in this list, and we have them categorized. Welcome back. We hope you enjoy the music that is played throughout each episode. It is the EF Show's holiday gift to you. We like to have some, you know, some holiday fun, so we've added some music to it, and, you know, just kind of get that festive spirit going. So hopefully in these last few episodes here of the holiday season, that you enjoy it. So our categories for today include electronics, sports, home goods, office goods, games, and last but not least, weather. So this data is from uh, Amazon and some other websites um, that I will list in the description of for each product. 
So, uh, we're actually going to rearrange the order a little bit, uh, and we're going to start with some home goods. And just to give a quick overview of what all these all are, these are kind of the top gifts uh, currently that uh, just kind of came up. These are just some ideas. Of course, you don't have to use all of them or any of them at all if you don't want to. Just some suggestions in case you're last second you need something um, that you can think of here. So, starting out with some home goods, we have the uh, Roomba from iRobot. So, you know, this is that little robot that goes around sucking up everything all the time. You see the videos with the cats on them and things, uh, pets riding them. You know, they, they're they those little circles that go everywhere. Um, and that retails at about $300. So, you know, it's a great, it's functional. Uh, you know, it runs, uh, you could set it on like every hour or something like that. So it's something small, but it helps you to keep clean, uh, your house clean, your floors clean. And they have many different models of them now. And they uh, have all these different types of bristles on them to clean on many different surfaces and everything. They charge since they plug up to an all, all to a wall outlet and so they are very handy to have. So our uh, second item in the home goods category is the new Keurig K-Duo coffee maker. It's on sale for $135 right now. So this thing is like the Keurig but it's massive. Um, it's It basically does a whole bunch of stuff that a normal Keurig does. Um, plus some new settings in this. So this you could do two at once and let you do a whole bunch of uh, different settings and different cup amounts and anything you want to do with your coffee. Um, you can pretty much do it with this. It lets you use different um, styles of the kind of like the cup creamer now that you can add into it so you can use any shape. There's an adjustable thing on it. So, uh, yeah, so if you know someone who loves coffee or you need some uh, new coffee maker uh, materials, go ahead and check out the Keurigs. Um, they have a uh, now a Christmas sale that is going on, so I'd take advantage of that. And, of course, there's the Hit Water Bottle, the Hydro Flask. And uh, it's about $40 for about 40 ounces. You can get different ounce amounts. You can get them down to, like, 20. You can get them up to, like, I believe 60 is the biggest one. Um, I have a Hydro Flask, and it keeps ice all day. It's like the Yetis. Uh, and, you know, that kind of ties with the Yeti, honestly, on this list is, uh, you know, they keep ice the whole day. They keep them cold. They hold a lot of water, and um, they're good. You can, They are good resistant. They have some scratch resistance on them. They're sturdy, and uh, they have interchangeable lids and things on them. So you can uh, take them with, like, a straw. You can have them with, like, the cup that kind of like a coffee cup style, and, or you can just have it with the classic screw-on, screw-off uh, type of lid. And so it's really handy wherever you need to go. Uh, they have them in many widths and heights and things, so it helps you out if you need to have something small in like your purse, for example, or you just want something for on the go in sports or uh, exercising, working out. Um, so our next item is the Hit uh, Doorbell, uh, the Ring, and this is the, their new uh, second edition, the Ring Doorbell 2. It's on sale for $129 right now. So you've seen the videos from them of crazy things happening, and... It's just crazy what all they capture. You can talk through them. You can record. It uh, lets you see all time. There's night vision on it. Um, if the power goes out, there's even a special setting on it that it'll last for X amount of time. And it's really handy. So it's a good thing to have if you're looking for some home security without the whole home security system. 
and yeah, overall, it is a really good gift, uh, you know, people can enjoy it, uh, and yeah, I mean, even if you don't need one exactly, I think it's fun to get if you don't have one, because you can program it, I believe, to have different sounds, so not only can you enjoy the video from it, but you can actually enjoy a whole lot of other uh, aspects of it, so it, it's a really cool. So, our last item is the uh, Amazon Fire Stick TV. Uh, it retails for around $30. Um, this is the thing. You could plug it into your TV. I believe it plugs into your computer also. But you can also get it uh, on your TV whenever you buy a TV. Um, you plug it in, and it has all of like the Amazon Prime stuff on there. So, you know, the music... Uh, what else is there? There's a video and a whole lot of other things. Or it comes with the uh, Amazon Alexa on it, and so overall, it is a uh, product that is definitely useful. If you do not have a smart TV, it makes your TV smart. So it allows you to use your TV in many ways that it, you couldn't otherwise. And it's just really helpful to have it around. I mean, during a football game, you can look up something, and it's uh, useful to see that information. So I would definitely look into that if you don't have one, um, because it is a really good uh, uh, resource that you have that could just be plugged into your TV. So, next we're going to look into uh, office gifts, and there are about five of these also, and so these are good office gifts. They are ones that I think are pretty cool. Did a little bit of some research into these to make sure these are some of the best, and uh, some, I, some of these I have tested, and so they are uh, EF Show approved. So we have the Canon Color Image Class All-in-One Duplex Laser Printer. It's at $330, and basically it does everything you need for printer needs. Uh, it prints color, there's different color settings on it, so you can change how the colors look and how they are. Um, going through some of these, uh, they are really cool. So, I mean, there's different models of them, so I highly suggest you go check them out. There's the Zenergy Ball Chair, and so this uh, one has, it's $135 with legs, $146 if you have a swivel base, and this is just a fun way to sit. It has a ball, it's wrapped, so uh, it's in a stretchy material, so it won't kind of explode and have that rip, so uh, that's all good, and it looks really fun. So uh, next, I use I use these uh, Quartet Whiteboards. Uh, they're $20 to $100, depending on the size, and I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory it's a whiteboard and uh, it they hang up to the wall you can get them with some uh, scotch tape that sticks to the wall that peels off and so it's really good it's something that I highly suggest you try uh, there's Google Wi-Fi the triple kit um, at $225, pardon me, um, and this expands your Wi-Fi. It makes your Wi-Fi so much better. Before Google Wi-Fi, I had you know, some really bad Wi-Fi, couldn't really connect to a whole lot of stuff, but now that we have uh, Google Wi-Fi, uh, I mean, going on the internet is so fast. And there's Google Home. Uh, this is a uh, kind of an alarm clock. Uh, there's, you know, they've been around for a long time. You've probably seen them before, and they're really perfect. I mean, it's perfect alarm clock. They come in many different ones. There, um, there's models, colors, sizes. There's so much that can come out of them. They're um, about sixty-nine dollars uh, is the average from them. So I highly suggest you go check some of those out. They can make your uh, office space a little bit uh, easier to work with and a little bit better. 
So some electronic gifts. We have the uh, JBL Charge 4 waterproof portable Bluetooth speaker at $129. I have this speaker and it is wonderful. Projects sound, you know, it's waterproof and everything, so you don't have to worry about it getting wet. Um, and it charges up so it's wireless. So I mean, it's it's a really good all-around speaker. Now there for the headphones, there's uh, the Beats Solo 3 wireless on-ear headphones. They are about $200, and these have the smoothest sound, really comfortably wear them for hours on end. They charge, I believe they have a 24-hour battery life on them, and you can plug it in after that, and they are a great sound system to listen to stuff on. Then there's a Toshiba 32-inch Smart LED TV Fire Edition. Um, it, it's on sale for $129 right now on Amazon. It's the number one best-selling TV on Amazon. Um, I have this TV, and it's amazing. Uh, it has a lot of good features with it, and it comes with the uh, Fire Stick um, kind of built into it. So it is uh, allows you to get watch and get pretty much anything. So it's amazing. Then you can get Apple TV 4K, the 32 gigabyte is the latest model at $179. This kind of allows you to do what the Fire Stick does, but on the Apple product line. And uh, not too much to say about it, it's the same as the other Apple TVs, just it has a little bit more with it. Some of these do come with Apple TV Plus, which allows you to see more and watch more. Then there's the new Microsoft Service Laptop 3, the uh, running at $1,200 sale right now. Um, and it's obviously just a laptop, and it's the good ones from Microsoft. They're the solid ones, same as the other ones. Uh, a few new features in them, but uh, if you need a computer, that is one that I, I uh, suggest that if you want just one for generalized things, that you should try that. So looking at some games, these are not video games. These are just like kind of all-around games that you can play. Uh, now, this first one is a video game uh, headset. It's a the Oculus Quest all-in-one VR gaming headset at $775 on sale right now. Um, this can be used for video games, but the reason it's on this list is because there is so much more behind it. It's the whole VR thing. This really puts you in the action with it. Um, and you can see all around stuff. You can watch movies in it. There's Netflix. Uh, you can basically connect it to your computer and do everything on your computer just through a VR headset. And so you get that 360 view, and it's really something that, uh, it's a special experience that I think that, um, you should try out sometime. It's quite cool. There is the, uh, X-Rocker SE. It's a gaming chair that's on sale for $126. Though this gaming chair actually is pretty much just a normal chair, but with a headrest on it at that level, so it makes it look like a gaming chair. But it uh, is a all-around good chair. It has a little leg thing that pops out, really comfortable. Um, you can make it into an office chair just by removing that back part. So, I mean, really comfortable. They come in many models, so it's a, a good one to check out. There's the HyperX CloudFlight uh, wireless headset um, at $136. This uh, is a headset that you could speak through and stuff. It's comfortable. It's a bigger headset. can run things through it. Um, just another really good pair of headphones. Uh, there's the Asus uh, ROG Zephyrus uh, S. GX701. There's a 2019 laptop on sale for uh, $2,000 uh, uh, $2, actually. Uh, and so something that is uh, special about this, it runs big programs. It is a gaming PC, but it is actually a originally a uh, performance PC that you can run a lot of big heavy uh, programs on. <laughs> 
So uh, the next one is Omen. Um, it is the HP Obelisk, um, and it uh, is a $1,500 thing. You should check it out. So it looks like a pretty good product. And so these next ones are uh, sports gifts from uh, DickSportingGoods.com. Uh, you can get the Prince Odyssey All-Weather Table Tennis Table for uh, $400 actually on sale right now. Pingmon is fun, and I highly suggest you should get this. There's the Goliath Archrivals Double Shootout Arcade Basketball Game for $80. This is exactly like you can get at Dave & Buster's. And you, know, you compete against someone, see how many shots you can make, and it's basically just that but for your home. Uh, there's the Atomic Blazer 7-foot uh, hockey uh, top, ho air hockey table at $600. Uh, these are really quality hockey tables, and uh, you can have a lot of fun games and compete against friends and family. There is the uh, Franklin Shoot Again basketball set. Uh, it's basically a tube thing that the basketball goes into and shoots it back out at you. Uh, it's on sale for $45 right now. Uh, and then there's the Field and Stream Eagle Run 12 Fishing Kayak. So this is a boat. Um, it's on sale for $450, and it is a, a good buy if you're looking for a kayak. They have them at Dick's Sporting Goods and uh, Field and Stream. And it's definitely something that uh, if you're going to be looking for a kayak, I would suggest this one as a starter. So next, we have weather gifts, and these are from Accurite.com and Helicity.co. Uh, there is the uh, first, the uh, high-definition 5-in-1 weather station with Wi-Fi to weather underground. It's on sale for $160. So this is a weather station. It has five different uh, modules to it that you can add in and uh, turn on and off. And basically, it's a weather station, and it sends all this stuff to a little LED screen, which I love. It's amazing that you can do this. And it connects to your phone, your computer, whatever you have it set up to. And it sends all that data live to weather on the ground. So when you get your radar, your current conditions, it's actually from your weather station in your front yard. And you can get all that from this LED screen. So it is a quite a good buy, especially for the price. Um, the next one is a 5-inch what-to-wear digital weather station with forecast uh, retail at $35 on AccuRite. Basically, this is something you can stick on your front porch. It's all those weather stations that you can see at the grocery store. Just it's a, a little bit of a better, high-quality one. And it lets you see basically what the conditions live outside are. So, I mean, it's a cheaper way to have a weather station if you're not that into weather. But uh, it allows you to be able to see the live conditions outside your home. Then there's the brand new AccuRite Atlas weather station with lightning detection. That's on sale for $230. This thing is amazing. It runs everything that the 5-in-1 does, but better. It is a higher quality, lasts longer, brand new additions. The LED screen is upgraded. So basically, it is now the second model of the 5-in-1, but it comes a little bit more. So it is an amazing buy. I think you should look into this. I think that this is the number one uh, weather station that you can currently get that is affordable. Now, there are some weather stem ones, obviously, that are the big research ones. But for your front yard or backyard, honestly, I would check out this Atlas. It would be worth the money. So uh, then there's the, uh, from Hillicity.co, there is the hooked hoodie on a sale for $30. I would check this hoodie out. Um, it looks kind of fun. Uh, and basically, there's another one. It's a cape hoodie. Uh, if you know what cape is, it's a, uh, you know, convective cape. Uh, not like a Superman cape. So uh, it's just some fun clothing there. You can get some weather-related things. But really, just to wrap this whole episode up here in this final minute or two, this was all just to you know, have some fun with the holidays and in case you needed this at the last minute to just give you some ideas and things, just so in case you're stuck, um, maybe, maybe this could help you out a little bit. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas.
so before you go, we do have a few exciting announcements. The reason we did not post on Monday this week is because we were playing a huge end-of-decade extravaganza podcast. Uh, we will look back on the best advance, uh, events, other topics, and advancements of the decade. More information on this episode will be posted on my Twitter page, at the EF Show, um, or at EF Meteorology, whichever one it's currently on. Uh, so stay tuned. That episode will be uh, the last of Season 1. Our schedule will uh, take a break for now through Christmas until the end of, uh, until the end of Decade episode. Um, and once that is posted between uh, 25th and New Year's, so like the 28th-ish, uh, then we will go on a hiatus until January 6th of 2020. That episode will welcome the 2020 episode uh, season with a trailer for the second season, along with some exciting announcements and changes. Overall, we wanted to thank you for listening this year, even though we haven't posted that many podcasts. For those of you who have listened through all of them, thank you so much. Uh, it means a lot, especially since we just started all this. And this first season was a fun experience. Uh, I hope that these episodes were able to entertain and teach you some cool facts and information. It sure did teach me a lot, uh, and I hope you come back to listen to our end of decade extravaganza. It is going to be amazing. And the second season is going to be something that we are going to look back on the best of each one of these episodes and improve upon and add those and those same qualities into the next season so hopefully we're going to be looking at some cool topics coming up here to plan but first we have to plan this end of decade extravaganza so make sure you uh, are ready to check that out coming out probably on the 28th i will keep you posted for that and have a merry christmas Feliz Navidad, 